Here's to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage. Welcome to The Greatest Generation, a Star Trek podcast by two guys who are a little bit embarrassed to have a Star Trek podcast. I'm Ben Harrison. I'm Adam Pranica. Welcome to the show, Adam. Thanks for having me, Ben. You have me on the show a lot. <laughs> You're one of my favorite guests. Yeah. You're like the Steve Martin of being a guest on The Greatest Generation. Thanks. Um well, I was going to suggest we open some cards, and I think we should do that, but before we do that... That old I, uh, bit that everyone loves, the, our yeah. beloved card opening bit. But before we do that, I just wanted to talk to you about a thing that showed up on my doorstep a couple days ago. Uh, it was from Jesse Thorne at Maximum Fun HQ, and it just had my... It had the greatest generation care of Ben Harrison... <laughs> on the address Uh (laughs) and I was like this is gonna be like a turd or (laughs) like Jesse is gonna is why would he do that no I I don't know I here's here's the thing I I I pinch myself constantly that people like this show and that we are on a important podcast network and a lot of things and like in the absence of somebody physically in my presence affirming that it deserves the success it has had you do need constant affirmation i have noticed that i do i really do and And you're doing a great job ben like like i i expect every meeting to start with so we're cutting your show you know (laughs) so so i was like what nightmare is this going to be and i open it up and inside is a smaller box that is addressed to the greatest generation care of maximum fun and was sent to their Los Angeles office. Oh no. <laughs> inside this box is, uh, I, uh, this, uh, I think this person's name is Nicholas. I'll, uh, withhold the last name to protect the innocent. But Nicholas, I believe sent his, uh, childhood collection of Star Trek cards to us. <laughs> Why would he do uh, that? <laughs> I don't know. There are so many cards here. There are like probably more than 500 cards. Is there a note or a card or anything? There's no note. Um, I've only pulled a few cards out, but uh, my favorite one so far is from original series Star Trek, and it's literally a photograph of the corridor on the ship, and it just says, Corridor. <laughs> Oh, my God. Boy, why would anyone want to get rid of these cards? They sound fantastic. <laughs> yeah. the Yeah, like the first handful, there's one that's like the taxonomy of next generation shuttle, shuttlecraft from uh, oh, really? all, the way f- all the way from flat pack bunk bed to Toyota Previa. Um, there's one of a hypo spray. There's one of Kalar, Worf's girlfriend. So you get cards of characters, but you also get cards of objects? Yeah. There's one of the ship's computer core, which is just, it's like a really low-rent 3D rendering of some, like, cylindrical objects. Is there a Dustbuster card? I don't know. I haven't found one yet. I've kind of just randomly pulled these out. but uh... Ben, without a note, I find that box and the idea that someone would send it vaguely threatening. Am yeah. I alone in that? No, there's definitely an implied threat. Yeah. 
what does it mean? Like, <laughs> does this person, would this person prefer that we opened those cards instead of the cards <laughs> we're opening? I don't know. I, I mean, here, here's the thing, Adam. I totally get what you're saying about it being an implied threat. I kind of agree. But at the same time... Especially when they send it to Max Fun. Like, yeah. But, it, but the, at the same time, Adam, you are the only other person that has ever done this to me. Is send me a box of Star Trek cards. So. Oh yeah, and and when I did it, it was most definitely a threat. <laughs> well, should we open some? I guess. The game is five cards. The game is exceedingly simple. Order this just the card data. Time to pluck a pigeon. Alrighty. I have a pack ready to go here. Ooh, that one came open real easy. Once again, these are portfolio prints trading cards. Uh, totally different from the garbage cards that were sent to you <laughs> that, uh, that were so bad that its owner did not want them anymore. I don't think that the um, portfolio prints were available at that time. All right, I've got one for an episode called The Devil's Do. Do you remember that one? Uh, There's... D-U-E or D... Yeah. Oh, oh. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't remember that one. There's like a... Uh like kind of a hot lady that's convinced this planet that she is their their satan and that like they owe her the planet oh i like that one yeah she was sort of a foxy devil a a witchy woman if you will sure yeah Uh, i've got times arrow part two which is a uh pretty nice looking rendering of gynan uh always fun to see gynan got the last outpost we saw that one right that's the one with like uh they call me Tim and the Ferengi. <laughs> yeah. There's one of uh, Wesley Crusher looking like he's got some real heavy-duty eyeliner called When the Bow Breaks. Oh, yeah, this is the Aldeans episode where they, like, steal all the children. Oh, yeah. And uh, the boy and The boy polishes a... his dolphin. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, finally, Yesterday's Enterprise with... Uh, picture of Tasha Yar on an easel underneath a kind of old school looking NCC 1701C. That episode's coming up. People are emailing us to tell us how excited they are about that. I'm amped as fuck for that episode. Yeah, I think we're really gonna do great things with it. That episode's gonna be super fun. A little unlike the episode we're doing today, which is a real let's make fun of terrorism episode, isn't it, Ben? This is becoming a speech. You're the captain, sir. You're entitled. Hmm. I'm entitled to ramble on about something everyone knows. This is episode 12 of season 3, The High Ground. And um, it starts with the Enterprise in orbit of Rudia 4, a planet <laughs> that we have never been to before, but for some reason... This is our most canonical Cosby-named planet yet, until, <laughs> until we talk to the Theosians. <laughs> yeah, well, the Rudians and the Theosians are... Um, they're in neighboring star systems, right? They are, yeah. Right down, right down the hall from each other. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, it it is Rudia Four, but it also is also Planet Shopping Mall, because every time we see like what the surface of this planet looks like, it's just it's the, San Diego outdoor shopping mall. Totally, set for sure. And uh, I think it's Wharf Data and the Doctor are. Uh, they're enjoying a beverage in an outdoor patio. They're like, uh, they they found a cheesecake factory, <laughs> and 
and they're uh, and they're enjoying a little uh, dining al fresco. Yeah, it's nice until a storefront gets explodified. And um, they're pretty sure that it's that it is terrorists from Jump. Like they, uh, you know, the, they know that the the planet has a bit of a terrorism problem, and uh, you know everybody's everybody's strapped. You know, it's not like it's not like Shore Leave City here where everybody gets to go down and and have a fun hang. Um, and so, you know, being good Starfleet offers officers they rush into the fray and the doctor is treating injured civilians right off the bat and Worf is trying to convince her to hit the bricks and beam back up to the ship and data sort of gets in on the trying to persuade her but she won't be persuaded she like really insists that until the medics arrive like she needs to focus on helping these people not die it's an interesting Amen. role reversal between Beverly and Data because usually it's Data with the death wish. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and and Data's like standing there trying to trying to keep an eye on things. He's not he's not going over and laying his hand down on some still burning rubble or or trying to see if there's any unexploded parts of the bomb that he could <laughs> that he could play with. with. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, they they radio up to the bridge and tell Picard what's going on and Picard is now trying to convince Crusher and it's like one of those things where Data is not even done explaining that there's been a terrorist attack then Picard is like transporter room 3 lock on to the away team prepare to beam them back yes captain Picard's like uh, Beverly we gotta get you out of there uh, <laughs> things are smoking we're hearing so time to go and Bev is like no actually I'm gonna stay down here and and fix some some people and basically disobeys a direct order. Picard is like, I'm beaming you up. Beverly is like, no. Picard looks at Riker like, oh, no, she didn't. And <laughs> and Riker is basically like... I don't want to be in the transporter room to greet her. They both agree that they don't want to piss her off by beaming her up against her will, so they leave yeah. her there. And that was ridiculous to me. Yeah, if there's a chain of command, like, you got to follow it. Uh, evidently not in this case. Because yeah. everyone's afraid of Beverly for some reason. Mm-hmm. Hot-headed Beverly. Hot-head Bev. Don't want to meet Beverly in the transporter room, that's no. for sure. She might use the, the thicker gauge <laughs> hypodermic needle. Or that... the thicker gauge wig. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they leave her down there. They leave her down there, and um, everybody's worst predictions come true immediately because sort of out of nowhere, this... This guy, like, sort of materializes, runs through a hole in space. Yeah. And, it's a little um, bit Q-flashy, just a little bit. Yeah. Gats, one of the security people that have shown up, and grabs Dr. Crusher and, and re-disappears from whence he came. You don't understand. And uh, that's our that's our dun-dun-dun moment. That's right. our inciting incident. Um, we should mention that these Ansada terrorists shoot laser guns that just spark the hell out of people when they're hit. Yeah. Looks amazing. Some good practicals. Yeah. Like, yeah, but like also like the, the models of the guns themselves and the, 
you know, the beams are all, it's, it's all really cool. It's like pretty different from what we've seen so far, I think. Yeah. Like as cheap as the set of the, of the shopping mall looks, this is like a pretty fully realized society that the enterprise is visiting. Yeah. It's not always the case. No. Um, <laughs> so Wesley's back. Wesley, the boy. The boy. Young Wesley Crusher. My son. Have you noticed that we haven't had many uh, Wesley episodes in the last, I don't know, in the last six, maybe he's been in like two or something like that? Yeah. I wonder what's going on. Maybe he's got his college applications to fill out or something. I don't know. Maybe he's uh, he's serving some chocolate to the ladies. Mm. Or maybe maybe their his relationship with Picard has gotten to a point where Picard is keeping him in like a gimp box, and he only gets gets let out at certain times. <laughs> yeah, they seem to have done a little bit of a tweak to his hair, too. It is yeah. not super bouffanty, but it is it's still like an entire bottle of suave <laughs> spray hairspray. Yeah, it's, it's still pretty great. <laughs> it's really hard to fit a uh, a vinyl zipper mask over that haircut, I bet. <laughs> oh, yeah, and they probably had to, like, make sure that the product in his hair wasn't corrosive to the to the rubber that yeah. they used on the mask. Yeah. <laughs> kind of does explain why he has uh, so many pimples, though, because, you know, that's, that's going to keep a lot of... Because vinyl great... doesn't breathe well. Y- yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, we're gonna get so much hate mail. <laughs> so we meet Alexa Devos, who's the lovely chief of security for the Rutians, and she and Riker are gonna kind of tag team this terrorism issue. We get the idea right away that there is absolutely no sexual tension between her and Riker. I don't know how right. they do it. I think this might be the first time in the series that Riker works closely with a female from another planet, and there's just nothing there. Yeah, it's like there's zero implied sex. There's zero implied <laughs> interest. It's like it's a a totally professional relationship. And I love how our show has become the Mr. Skin of implied <laughs> sexual references. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah how many uh how many eggplant emojis would you give this episode this is a one eggplant emoji episode yeah we should start working that into the episode titles oh, just man. like you can use emojis on uh on podcast titles i'm pretty sure okay i'm willing to try that you know the ship's been there for a while when the episode starts so maybe they already had their fling yeah well maybe they got it out of their system while Beverly and Data are eating at the, at uh, at PF Chang's, <laughs> Riker's off banging away mm-hmm. in some uh, in some condo just outside the mall. Yeah, possible. She's kind of rocking the bread box cover uniform. Yeah, she's got like half a half a bread box. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the rating system <laughs> for how boxy the uniforms are? <laughs> Yeah, she's definitely rocking half box. <laughs> so they're working on this. Um, this is sort of a Wesley-centric app because as soon as his mom gets kidnapped, Wes is like, all right, I got to be involved. 
I want to be a part of the team that goes down to rescue her. Right. And Picard is like... Shut up, Wesley. No. Like, you, like that would be idiotic. I'm not yeah, going to do like, that. You are not You are not a commando. You are a barely an ensign. If so you you're can't gonna... fight me off, what, what makes you think that you're going to be able to, <laughs> to take on an entire terrorist group? Forget it. Get back in the box, Wes. Yeah. So he gets assigned to uh, to data mining a little bit with data. Yeah, he he data and Jordy are going to work on this transporter technology because it's it's a real head scratcher. Like they don't understand how it works because it doesn't work the way their transporter works, and they don't see like a you know they can trace a transporter beam, they can find transporter residuals and all that, but they can't they can't do that with this because it's something different. So they don't know what to do there and uh and the tech team is going to work on that meanwhile Riker and the security later lady are like having a conversation about the nature of living in a society that's at war with terrorists and also occasionally doing some actual work to try and find Dr. Crusher and we go to the cave where Dr. Crusher is being kept and we meet Kirill Finn he looks a lot like he's got Michael Landon highway to heaven hair yeah, I I was trying to put my finger on what this guy's look was, and I think you nailed it. He's really landoning, isn't he? Yeah, I was gonna say like early Seinfeld hair, but yeah, I think that's I think you're closer to the mark. Everybody on this planet has a stripe in their hair, also. Yeah, yeah. all the women have like kind of kind of auburn to red hair with a black stripe, and the dudes all have like dark hair with a white stripe. Yeah, and so this Finn guy brings down, it looks like some wet jerky. He's getting down on this jerky in front of Beverly, and he's like, oh, uh, you must be hungry. You should have some of this. And Beverly's doing that thing that uh, that hostages typically do where where they, they don't talk. They just stare. Yeah. They stare down their captors. She's not wanting to play games. She doesn't want any of this weird jerky. Yeah, this is the higher ground of the... Uh episode title eventually like she breaks because he shows her the sick people that he's brought her there to to treat and and we should say that like this terrorist group unlike all other terrorist groups in history doesn't do a lot of kidnapping um which i think like could be like one of the definitional distinctions between freedom fighters and terrorists maybe Hmm. is that like is that like i don't know that the uh the revolutionaries in in uh you know the George Washington era were doing a lot of like kidnapping for ransom but uh maybe i'm wrong about that who you knows you would really change my opinion of him yeah if that, that were would, the case that would be some weak shit can we ever really know though uh impossible to say <laughs> um but uh but yeah so like they they they've been wondering why she's kidnapped and like part of the speculation is that they're trying to bring the federation into this dispute and the other side of it, though, turns out that they're, the Ansada separatists are all suffering from a mysterious illness, some worse than others. And there's like a a section of their caves where just a bunch of people are on bed rest. And Dr. Crusher is like, well, oh, shit, like I'm I'm going to doctor them like I, I like her instincts to doctor things are annoying are on full display in this in this episode like she she's she, suddenly really ready to eat the jerky and fix some people once she yeah. sees all these writhing people on cots yeah it's like he's like still sort of explaining it himself and she's like shut up i'm doctoring right now 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so the scene is we get we get some writhers on cots and Beverly's like, look, I could really fix these people up if we get some gear from the Enterprise. And Finn's like, fuck that. Like, uh, I'm not going to let you talk to your ship. And uh, from around a corner comes a comes a, a little boy with some slick back hair, which is how you know he's lost a parent or two. Yeah. And uh, and he's got Enterprise gear. He's got Federation medical supplies. Yeah. And, uh, and, and he gives is, them to her to, to get to work. And this, these are the medical supplies that the Enterprise was here to deliver. <laughs> right. So that's the other side of it is that Finn feels like the uh, Federation has taken a side in this conflict by providing anything to his enemies. Yeah. Finn's like, why don't you give anything to us? If you're giving <laughs> stuff to them, then you must be on their side. <laughs> and she's like, well, you didn't even ask. And he's like, well... You should at least let them break it in half and let us pick which part we get. Right. <laughs> it is a guiding principle on which Darth Vader is based. If you can't find it within yourself, to stand up and tell the truth. You don't deserve to wear that uniform. That is about as preachy as the moralizing gets throughout the episode. Yeah, I mean, most for the most part, it's like Alexa Devos going... The Ansada are killers, they're rapists, and some of them are nice people, I'm sure. <laughs> And then I don't, I don't know. You might be wrong about this because there's also like a Mao quote later on where where Picard is like talking about how he doesn't believe that political power grows from the barrel of a gun, which I thought was surprising. Like that he kind of quotes that you know without citation of any kind. Hmm. <laughs> He's like, "Oh, you real read up on Mao, are you, Captain Picard, member of quasi socialist utopia society?" <laughs> So the uh, the Ansada decide to mount an attack on the Enterprise itself, which uh, takes the form of several of them flashing onto the ship. And uh, down in engineering, like Jordy, kind of kind of crushes this encounter, where you know he's not armed or ready for this but these guys beam on and he like he takes a pretty impressive dive into the shimoda corner to avoid getting gatted and uh as if he just keeps a mattress back there yeah (laughs) uh the the well who knows maybe he does yeah maybe his real doll kicked him out of the apartment (laughs) Uh, jordy i hope you appreciate the real doll that i've made you (laughs) as a parting gift for your crew <laughs> Please enjoy I, it with my compliments. I can I can see that you could never know true love, so <laughs> this is the next best thing. Trust me. I suggest you keep it away from your work environment. <laughs> Don't let your captain know that you have it. He'll try and take it away from you. <laughs> he has no law to fit my crime. I promise you it's very durable. I've been fucking my real doll for thousands of years. <laughs> it should outlast you. The warranty is good as the paper is printed on. God, this is another enemy uh, for which Kevin Uxbridge would be a great ally. He would be fun to have. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Insana also show up on the bridge and Worf basically gets caught with his pants down here. Like they beam on and like Picard has to, has the cold cock one of them. Well, everyone gets caught with their pants down, right? Because like they know at this point that these people can travel 
in the blink of an eye, they can appear anywhere. Your shields are, are useless. They go down to the planet packing dustbusters, but no one on the ship packs dustbusters. Right. As soon as they're aware of this threat, I thought that was a real. Yeah, they should have passed that's poor them form. Yeah. Yeah. You break the glass on every in every corridor, and you take out those dustbusters. Maybe they don't know what the range of this thing is. But anyways, um, this uh, this results in Picard being captured, and that is a big problem because Picard really decks that guy. Yeah, he got that guy. That guy is uh, gonna have some jaw pain for at least a few weeks. People are panicking. Like, like people are flashing in all over the ship. Wesley yeah. and Data are like, we don't know where they're coming from. We don't know where they're going. Like, we're getting reports of people getting killed and and injured. It's sort of a panic scene. Yeah, this terrorism is super effective, and there's a lot of conversation about the fact that terrorism has been has been effective in political conflicts of the past and data these are questions that mankind has been struggling with throughout history your confusion is only human fortunately the uh the nerd crew is able to figure out what this thing is and what it is is like a technology that was explored in the federation a long time ago as a possible transporter thing but abandoned because it was determined to be incredibly dangerous to human flesh. And that happens to be what the Ansada separatists are suffering from. Like, it's it's just shredding their DNA uh, every time they jump. And you see this when they jump on board the Enterprise, because every time someone flashes on, uh, they appear to achieve orgasm. Yeah, I'm just in town for the Jonathan Demi Film Festival. Oh, Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so the pain must be incredibly pleasurable. Mm-hmm. Pain don't hurt. My love is a peep of longing till for that which longer nurses the disease. Once they've figured this out, they realize that like the next time they are scanning when somebody uses it, they're gonna be able to pinpoint the base and Finn takes a trip up to the Enterprise to tell Troy that I'm not here to hurt you. He's got Picard and like, you know, he wants an embargo and trade sanctions levied against Rutia. And Riker's like, fine, we're going to fucking negotiate with you terrorists. And <laughs> Yeah, the game changes when Picard's down there. Yeah. And Devos is like, maybe, maybe she like detected this willingness in Riker and that's why she, she doesn't sweat him. Because uh, she's like, she's like, no, you're not supposed to negotiate with terrorists. And he's like, we got to negotiate. Like, <laughs> like, what choice do we have? So they realize, like, once once Finn does this, they they realize where the Ansada's base is. Like, he sort of ironically exposes the, his his base by beaming aboard to to talk to Troy. It kind of looks and, like uh, Planet NWO from a couple episodes ago, right? Yeah, I guess it does. Yeah. Uh, probably use a lot of the same truss work. Yeah. A lot of the turnbuckles are still up. <laughs> it's uh, only a matter of time before we find out whether Riker or Davos gets the strap. <laughs> uh, Riker's finishing move is uh, pulling the snake from his bag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're they're going to mount a 
a, uh, a covert operation to rescue Crusher and Picard. And Worf is super thirsty because yeah. he got his pants pulled down so bad. And um, they're like getting ready to beam down. We cut down to the surface and Beverly and, and Picard are having a conversation. And she's like, oh, man, like this is so fucked. Like we're definitely going to die. And like if we don't get out of this, there's some really important shit I need to tell you. And then the lights cut. And it's like a cool, like clandestine raid where, you know, Worf and Riker and, and Dustbuster boys are running around the place, like knocking people out, shooting people. And it all comes to a head in the cell where, where Crusher and Picard are being held. And Finn runs back there to like kill them so that even if, even if the raid is successful, it'll be sort of a Pyrrhic victory. And, uh, and he like raises his gun, and then Devos shoots him in the back, and uh, and she had her gun set to kill, and uh, and Riker's like, "What the hell did you do that for?" Enterprise <laughs> girl's like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" <laughs> that really escalated quickly. Yeah, I think her explanation is essentially like, if if we had imprisoned him, it would have been, it would have been like a focus for more violence. And they're like, yeah, but you sort of made a martyr out of him. And so it's, uh, it, you know, they have some real mixed feelings about these people after this. Finn gets gatted. Devos explains herself. And then uh, Slickback Boy holds a gun up to her. Oh, yeah. Slickback's like, I've been a killer since I was little. Like, this is, this is what I need to do. I've watched so many of my adult friends do it. Maybe it's, maybe it's my turn. And uh, and Beverly sort of mothers him into putting his gun down. Yeah, and she's had a little, like, a little relationship with this kid. You know, she's been, you know, very warm to him in her way. She uh, sees a little bit time. of Wes in him. Yeah. She likes the cut of his jib. And she talks him out of uh, doing something that he w- would have regretted the rest of his life. Yeah, and so at that point, it's handshakes and high fives. The Enterprise crew beams back up, and uh, and Beverly and Wes are reunited on the bridge, and they yeah, in a warm embrace. Yeah, it's like one of those really like slow motion scenes where he's running toward her and he, she's running toward him. They uh, they fall into each other's arms, and, uh, and then he turns to Picard and he's like, "Hey, good to see you too, buddy." <laughs> Gives him a little wink. Yeah. A family reunited. Yeah. Picard's like, all right, get the fuck out of here. Yep. As soon as, uh, as soon as your hug's over. Let's hit the bricks. We got some more exploring to do. And then that's episode end. Darmok, Angelad, and Tanagra. One of the amazing things about making The Greatest Generation is getting to see all of the cool, creative stuff that the Friends of DeSoto make when we do a Code 47 episode. People send in handcrafted stuff all the time, and they send in their books, they send in paintings, they send in uh, crochet work. It's so cool. And uh, I want a few more of you to have websites to direct us to in those letters. I want you to put your beautiful work on display for the world so that when we get to look at it, we can tell people where to go to get a look at it themselves. And you don't have to know anything about building a website to build a website these days because you can use Squarespace. It'll look beautiful no matter what kind of device people are looking at it on. Hell, you can even sell stuff using a Squarespace website. 
Don't make your cool, creative project captain's eyes only. Head to squarespace.com scarves for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code SCARVES to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Boy, do I love a microdose gummy from Lumi Labs. I'm, uh, I'm running low, so I'm going to head over to microdose.com pretty soon and put in another order. Microdosing is a technique I use to steer my mentals in a preferred direction several times a week. And uh, I just love it because you can really predict what is going to happen and to what degree it is going to happen because these are very low-dose cannabis gummies that uh, give you an entry-level dose that help you feel just the right amount of good. And they've been super loyal as sponsors to Greatest Trek and Greatest Gen, so I hope you will give them a try. Get 30% off your first order plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Promo code SCARVES. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com. Promo code is SCARVES for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com. Promo code SCARVES. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org slash newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. So I guess we don't have a resolution to the dispute, the A story (laughs) dispute. Yeah. The war continues, right? But there's a little bit of hope because Riker's like... You know, sometimes these fights end with a boy putting down his gun. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's all it takes. Wesley's like, boys can put their guns down. (laughs) (laughs) Did you like this episode, Ben? I did like this episode. I think that there's some some cheese to it. There's more cheese on it than than I typically like in an episode. But, uh, But I thought it was more thoughtful of a thing about terrorism than I would have imagined to exist in the year 1990. Like, there's smarter shit said about terrorism in this episode from 26 years ago than is often said in, like, contemporary media about terrorism. I agree. I was often surprised at how they were able to articulate the problem uh, in such a way that you just don't hear anymore on a 24-hour news cycle, even. 
like yeah or uh, even just in like 24 you know like in a yeah. show that's like kind of about terrorism they never actually like explore the issue and they don't have like a ton of time devoted to it in this but i felt like it was pretty insightful and like and uh i appreciated it i suppose it's it's expecting too much to think that the show could solve terrorism mm-hmm. but i i came away a little disappointed that they couldn't do that yeah like the war goes on yeah. They just decide to leave. Uh, they don't fix their technology. Definitely. I mean, I, I imagine they're going to use the orgasm transporter oh, oh. to conduct their raids. At least the Unsatans know what the what the risk is. Yeah, maybe that uh, the slickback boy affected some change. Who knows? Maybe he will be their new ruler. <laughs> Fit him for a bread box uniform. Yeah. <laughs> See if they got a bread box in size small. Yeah, I think I liked it too. Good app. Good app. Ben, as you were watching this episode, forensically even, studying its every detail, <laughs> did you find a drunk Shimoda? Incredible. Drunk Shimoda! I got to throw my Shimoda award to Worf in this episode. I just thought it was so ridiculous that he wasn't ready with a phaser when those guys beamed onto the bridge. I mean, not the first time that uh, hostile aliens have beamed onto the bridge. And in the past, you know, like when the Borg did it, he he totally shot one. And this time he is like, if you watch the like the master shot of this scene, Worf is frozen doing nothing for most of it. He's like he's totally baffled by the fact that they have beamed on. It's like, dude, get get with the program. This is what we are dealing with today. I don't understand how the most important room in the entire ship doesn't have a phaser on it that's just at arm's reach yeah i bet Worf doesn't make that mistake again he's keystring a key fob phaser from now on how about you do you have a drunk shimoda to me the shimoda was finn Mm. who chooses a weird time to sort of uh show his art to people (laughs) like he he uh like one of his character development traits is uh is sort of portraying him as a sensitive artist type yeah so he's down there uh, plotting his terror schemes and at the same time sort of drawing uh, take on me pictures of Beverly. Yeah. They're weird ones, though, too, because like it kind of looks They're like body parts. Yeah. It, it kind of looks like they took some photos and like put them into Photoshop and put the like draw effect on them. Yeah. It's not like it doesn't really look like a real artist made those. And I guess I don't know what that's supposed to do for his character development. Like, are we are we supposed to feel sympathy for him because he may be sensitive and artistic? Uh, it seems to work on Beverly for some reason. Yeah. Like, she softens a little bit at the idea that she's been drawn. Yeah. And Picard is definitely excited about the idea that this guy clearly sweats her. You know, he's like, okay, like, yeah, it can fin- be exploited. Finally, to there's Picard. some leverage available in this situation. Yeah, he's he's really stoked about that. He can leverage this to his favor because mm-hmm. at this point they're pretty fucked. Like, uh, wrist and leg shackles in a cave, no way out. I mean, they're looking at at least Picard's looking at it pretty realistically. He's th- he thinks they're gonna die. Yeah, but he doesn't fall to pieces the way Jordy does on that storm planet. Right, like. He's a pretty cool customer. Yeah, get the sense that he knows knows from captivity. I am the cutest of all. There are four lights. What do we have coming up on the next episode? The next episode, unfortunately, is season three, episode thirteen. 
Deja Q. The crew is surprised by the appearance of their mischievous nemesis, Q. Ben, I was so excited for this episode that I accidentally watched this one before the episode we just reviewed. Well, that wasn't a mistake because we don't have any vetoes for me to prevent us from having to watch this stupid episode. Yeah. (laughs) I'm pretty pumped about it. You would have vetoed this? Probably. It's a Q episode, is it not? Uh, I am aware of his presence based on the reading of its summary. So, yeah. yeah. It's incredibly non-descriptive summary. And also the title. Yeah. The the summary on this is maybe the worst of the long list of terrible descriptions that we have read of upcoming episodes. Mm. Yeah. I'm pumped. I love Q episodes. It's basi- it's basically the the greatest conflict that you and I have over this show. Our our positions are intractable. Yeah. We're going to have to agree to disagree. We're like two opposite factions. Mm-hmm. Me being the terrorist faction clearly sure. who who seeks to destroy our show through <laughs> weird uses of vetoes. Yeah, I'm just trying to my... hold this this ship together. Yeah. Bare hands. Really white knuckling it. Well, good luck with that. If you'd like to discuss our show on Twitter, use the hashtag GreatestGen. We'll definitely find it. Uh, you can also tweet at Adam at Cut for Time or me at Benjamin R A H R. Be among one of Ben's 3,500 Twitter followers and one of my mere 1,000 Twitter followers. Oh, come on. You have more than 1,000. It's actually been rocketing up quite a bit. Yeah. It's been fun. That's uh, the viewers of The Greatest Generation. Yeah. They love you. They know that following you on Twitter is going to put lots of extra jokes into their day, and that is delightful. It's what I do. You should also join the Facebook group and the Reddit. There's a Maximum Fun Reddit and a Greatest Gen Reddit. Both of them have the episode posted in them every time a new one comes out, so thanks to the folks who do that. And... Uh, couple ways that you can support the show Ben. Hmm. I'm not sure if you know about these ways. Uh, uh, one of which is you can you can rate the show on iTunes or or whatever podcast purveyor of choice that you use. Yeah. Uh, yeah, give us a five-star review. It's one of the great ways that people find out about our show uh, and and may indicate our relative quality to other shows. Right. And you can also contribute to the show's production by going to maximumfund.org/donate and making the show uh, something you contribute to, yes. and that really helps. It, it very much helps, especially when we're using up valuable time on the weekends that our wives would like to be spending with us uh, doing our Dorcas Horde Star Trek podcast instead. The Adam and Ben Divorce Court Legal Fund is uh, <laughs> is waiting for your contributions, and we appreciate it. Yeah. Well, with that... We will be back at you next time with another great episode of Star Trek The Next Generation and a very cue episode of The Greatest Generation. Out of time. Bye-bye. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned.